Welcome back to Victor E. History Podcast from the History Department at Forte State University, home of Victor E. Tiger. Here at Victor E. History, uh, Professor Holly Marquez and Dr. Manami Guha highlight student, faculty, and alumni research. I'm Dr. Guha, and today I'm joined by one of our students, Drew Legier, who's here to discuss her research titled British Christianity and Opium in the Formation of the Oriental Other. Drew, thank you for joining me today. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Great. I'm really loving this today. <laughs> okay, awesome. Um, so first question to you is tell us a little bit about yourself and what brought you to Fort Hayes and the history department. Well, I'm originally from Arkansas, but I moved here because Hayes was always my vacation spot. And I really, when I was looking into the university, I really adored the small class sizes, which I'll talk more on later on. Mm-hmm. And I ended up joining the history department because I originally wanted to be a lawyer. And I looked up how LSAT scores are usually higher for history majors. Mm-hmm. However, as I went on, I really found <laughs> out that I, I really adore history and I love historical research. It's so interesting. It's so fun. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So so that now uh, you know brings us to the next question is what course did you write this paper for and why did you pick this topic okay i originally wrote it for historical methods and the reason i chose this topic was from an offhanded sentence just one sentence about the opium topic from like high school one of my history teachers but the thing that made me so mad about it is he was like oh yeah the british royally screwed over the chinese in the opium wars but we don't have time to cover this. And I was Ooh, just left, like wanting more. Yeah. I was, I was very confused. Cause I was like, what, what happened? What were the opium wars? And so that's what I looked into this last year. So did you do some previous research before you came into the methods course? Um, I actually, I didn't, I had to look up like just everything from like the background, what was happening at the time, um, how colonialism was changing through that era and basically, I had to start completely from scratch based off of one sentence. So mm-hmm. it was a very interesting uh, research method. But I will say this. I mean, this is, this is something, the, the paper you wrote was for the course I was teaching, which mm-hmm. is historical methods. And I remember uh, telling one of my colleagues is when you came to class in the first couple of days, you knew exactly what your topic was going to be, you know, mm-hmm. and you uh, clearly you had read stuff previously before you came into the class to really be able to then articulate what your topic was going to be. So give us an overview now of the topic and the central question you tried to answer for this paper. Well, the central question, which is sort of what I started with, is um, I looked into like the social aspects of the opium war. Then I delved into more how is religion used as a tool in debates about the opium war and later the opium trade. And did this differ between missionaries and merchants? Does this change over time? How in depth and how is this used to change public opinion? And then for my, um, what I really got into and what I really liked to see was how both groups use difference as a way of explaining their actions. However, neither believe that the Chinese will ever equate to the British and that the Chinese require a British influence to better themselves. And they basically explain this away by saying, um, the Chinese are heathens, that's why they use opium. And it was this very circular reasoning, um, especially for the opium merchants, because they would go, the Chinese are heathens, Mm -hmm. therefore they are bad people. They are bad people, 
therefore they are heathens. So this is a very roundabout way of just saying Chinese are bad. Right. So, so the Chinese are heathens and everything, we'll, we will find reasons to prove how, uh, to prove that they are actually heathens. Yes. And it's, you definitely see them overemphasize religious differences to support the opium war. And they were saying that the Chinese are not British. They have no British qualities to them. Mm -hmm. And therefore the merchants can act with impunity and without regard to the welfare of China. And at this time, um, when I was researching colonialism, you really find that economic colonialism isn't looking for a, um, permanent connection. It's more looking for a temporary connection. Mm -hmm. But this is completely different from the Chinese, Chinese Christian missionary missionaries in China, which completely were looking for a permanent connection with China as a way of creating a um, global Christian conversation. And mm -hmm. so that's when you start to see this difference in opinion concerning opium, because you see the um, China, uh, Christian missionaries basically saying. Oh, opium is why we don't have conversion rather than the completely different religious systems that they, they were seeing. Right. Wow. Okay. So why did you decide to pick on religion as a theme to understand the creation of difference as the British were trying to impose on the Chinese? Um, as I was looking into it, I was looking at a lot of different social aspects, but I originally settled on religion just because this is when you start to see um, this crazy influx of Christian missionaries in China. And the, um, what's so interesting about it, as I looked into it, missionaries and merchants were introduced right alongside each other. So you see this, this widely changing opinion over time. And it's just mm -hmm. so interesting to look into, especially when you're looking at like um, how Christian missionaries were originally like tied straight in with um, merchants. They were mm -hmm. on the same ships. They were introduced alongside each other in the same areas. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, there's there's a strong diverge later on, mm -hmm. which is so interesting to see over time. Mm -hmm. um, so to sort of uh, bring in another question here, you're talking about two different British groups. You're talking mm -hmm. about the merchants and you're talking about the missionaries. So for our listeners, can you contextualize who these two, tell, tell us a little bit about these two groups and what their special vested interest in China was at the time? Okay, so you had the um, opium merchants basically coming in and using this triangular trade system, which opium from India was brought into China, mm -hmm. and then the revenue was brought back into England. Mm -hmm. So you see these pe these opium merchants were very invested in keeping the trade alive, keeping the wars alive, and making sure that their investments were protected in China. Mm -hmm. While the um, Christian missionaries came in, they came in alongside the opium merchants, but their task, they they definitely wanted to, um, they had more of a white white man's burden aspect with them. They mm -hmm. definitely saw this, um, we're trying to better the Chinese. The Chinese can only do this through us. Mm -hmm. While the opium merchants were more like, we're here for us, we're here for our gains, and then we can leave when we get those gains. Mm -hmm. So that's when you start to see these diverging interests. So is, would it be true to say that these two groups looked at the Chinese, profiled them differently, and targeted them differently for their own vested interest? Oh, absolutely. You definitely see, um, when you look into their characterization of mm -hmm. the Chinese, mm -hmm. you definitely see more of a corrupting influence when you look at the opium merchant perspective. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the missionaries' perspective, you see more of this... Um, 
they take this very grandiose, like father, fatherly tone mm-hmm. where they're like, we are the ones that are going to lead them out of their misery. The white man's but Yes, right, exactly. Right. Um, so how then do these two groups, so did these two groups, since they were both targeting the Chinese, did they work with each other or did they clash with each other, these two British groups? That's, that's so interesting that you talk about it because originally I've seen um, Christian missionaries weren't really allowed outside the alongside the East India Trading Company, mm-hmm. but you have this new, new, um, almost like law where they're now long, uh, now allowed to come in with them, mm-hmm. coming beside them. So you have this, this newfangled connection between the two. Mm-hmm. You have, um, introduction right alongside because from one perspective, the Christian missionaries had a better understanding of the Chinese language. Mm-hmm. So you definitely see this close tie in the beginning, mm-hmm. but then they're starting to diverge immediately. Like the um, opium merchants, they're really fond of staying alongside the coast because those coastal ports were the biggest like outputs of income. Mm-hmm. And then you see the Christian missionaries are trying to move further and further inland as a way of converting the country. They're not interested in converting like small numbers they're trying to do like a global christian conversation interesting wow okay so um so if we now take the example of these two groups in china using religion as a tool to say that the chinese essentially because they are not christians are therefore heathens therefore they use opium so using religion as sort of a crutch to locate the chinese as an inferior group of people is that something the british were doing only in china or because this was also the period of high imperialism for the british were they doing it in other parts of the world as well colonial world colonial world um that's that's one of the most interesting things about the british they really in the like the major defining aspect of the british was the fact that they were protestants and they created this idea based on their other Christian wars they've had beside other European countries, like mm-hmm. especially the French who were Catholics. Mm-hmm. The English then used those wars as a major definition point as saying, we are British, we are Protestants, and we're going to take this Protestant mission with us as almost like a, um, it was not only like a, it, imperialism was not only between European countries, mm-hmm. it was between European religions. Mm-hmm. As a, it was a big factor into it. Okay, so you see this as a theme that's running in other parts of the British colonies too. Okay, um, so, and I remember this when you were actually putting your research paper together, you had some cartoons, you had some <laughs> stories um, that you mentioned during when we met during class time, which were so disturbing oh, on wow. so many levels. Um, can you give our readers a couple of those instances that you came across in when the British are trying to categorize the Chinese as the other and how they did it. Yeah, we, we I've seen some absolutely horrid, horrid um, cartoons and um, little short stories. I remember one of them is like, there's a cartoon of a Chinese man being whipped by two British men with the caption, destroyer of women and children. So that's when you start to see the demonization and the corruption aspect that's mm-hmm. taken by opium merchants. Mm-hmm. And then we also have, if, if you ever really want to look into this, mm-hmm. is Charles Haynes has a, descri- he's 
And he's a fan of the opium trade. And as he's looking into this, you start to see him at the end of his argument. He's arguing that um, the opium trade goes beyond the opium wars. And it's he's describing that England forces itself and its characteristics as a whole, not, <clears throat> not only opium. And you start to see how he's going through and he's like rigorously looking through that like, oh, we're forcing our economics. We're forcing our way of life on these people. We're forcing our characteristics on them. Mm -hmm. But then he immediately dismisses all of this because, again, he's trying to argue in favor of the op opium trade. Right. He imme immediately dismisses his previous argument by saying that everything is done as a way of the, the strong will always do this to the weak. This is a way of life. This will continue on and on forever. But it's so frustrating when you read his argument, you're like, Oh my gosh, is he about to, is he about to make this amazing argument that the British are forcing themselves as a, as a country onto right. another. Right. And then he's just like, no, it's just, it's just, it's just the way of things. It's just, we're, we're just superior. We're stronger. Therefore we can do this without any regrets. So it's okay for us to do this, and this is the natural order of things, and therefore it should be okay. Yeah, it, it's 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 extremely mind blowing. It's just like wow. you're so close to the point. <laughs> you state the point, and it's like, but you go about it in a very different way. Yeah. There was a certain um, story that you had mentioned in class. Uh, do you remember which one I'm talking about? Um, I know there's one about. Um, there's a, it's about a fook. Yes, 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 yes. Can you give our listeners just a little short summary of what that story yeah. was? So there's, it's about two Chinese um, immigrants who come into England. Mm -hmm. One of them is named a fook. And then there's the other one who's an opium trader in England. Mm -hmm. And you basically see that um, a fook is taken under the wing of these Christian um, Englishmen mm -hmm. and then through through their power they give him he's able to overcome this evil despicable opium um, addiction trader. yeah mm -hmm. and this this um, Chinese opium trader who's looking to corrupt all the English and all the other immigrants in there but it's basically at the end they're just like Look at us. Look at how we've saved this man from his corruption and his addiction. And this is what we should be doing across the world. And it was definitely, it was written from the perspective of the of the opium abolitionists. Mm -hmm. And it was so interesting to see, though, how they, they basically take credit for um, another person's overcoming of addiction. They basically do it by saying... They cannot do this without the Christian influence. They are unable to overcome addiction in any way due to their heathenism. So we must come in and fix this. Wow. Just amazing. What was the, uh, what were the main primary sources you used to write this paper? Um, I found a lot of, um, of my primary sources. A lot of them came from, um, there were missionary, like, a lot of them were written from missionary perspectives. Mm -hmm. You had a lot of like missionary papers written for their organization. Mm -hmm. I found a lot of those. Um, there's also just like um, punch cartoons mm -hmm. were a very, very compelling argument in the fact that they were awful. Um, mm -hmm. You see a lot of primary sources when you look into it, talking about from the economic perspective, perspective which is a, a whole nother issue right but it's it's for the opium supporters and you definitely see a lot of these written were just like 
both of them had formed like clubs almost mm-hmm. as a way of like talking and supporting their their ideas mm-hmm. through the public of England. Mm-hmm. And they they're basically targeting in- English population as a way of supporting their um, ideas. So you, you don't really see them in conversation with the Chinese. You just primarily see them in conversation with Londoners. So they're talking to each other about how bad and evil the Chinese are. Yes, yes. Okay. And you definitely, I think it's, honestly, this may sound mean, but the funniest perspective is uh, when the Christian missionaries are, are just solely talking to each other about the poor degenerate Chinese. Oh, no. And they're only talking to themselves. You see very little conversation with the Chinese. You just basically see this conversation of, Oh, these poor Chinese. We must help them. We must. Okay. So the Chinese do not need to be defined in their own terms. They need to be defined as per the English mm-hmm. terms of colonialism, especially in the 19th century. Correct? Yes. Okay. Wow. Interesting, isn't it? <laughs> um, so this was a very promising research paper that you wrote. What are you planning to do with this? Are you working on this further? Do you mm-hmm. want to get it published? Um, I am researching further and I'm hopefully one day I will get this published, but I'm, I really want to look more into like, what, what were the statistics of like, how many people were joining the, um, the missionary issue, mm-hmm. like the missionary issue, like what people composed, what, what were the people composed of? And it's like looking further into the idea of like, like how this came to be and its influence on China. I just really want to go more in depth and look at all the arguments that are there. So are you also going to be looking at the Chinese response to being categorized or being defined the way that the English were defining them? Are you interested in exploring the other side of things? What did the Chinese do as a response to it? Yeah, I'm definitely going to include that later on because the Chinese were, they were completely unwilling to remain subjugated by the British Empire. They were, Really? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How dare they, right? Yeah. And you definitely, you already start to see this within um, the the arguments of the, of the missionaries where they were so um, against conversion because they saw as taking on the British identity. Mm. And so... I've definitely seen like there's the there's so many interesting aspects of like rebellion in the Chinese Empire at the time, and there's um, later on the Boxer Rebellion, which is its own thing in itself, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is so interesting. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, what are your future academic? So you're a junior. Mm-hmm. So, what are your future academic plans? Their fortes? Have you sort of thought about what the next you know what spring and the next fall is going to look like? Um, I've started to look at the classes, but I'm really just like. I really want to continue my research and I want to continue to stay in conversation with all the other his- historical peers of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, that's, that's one of the main reasons I love these, these smaller class sizes because you get these one-on-one with professors that will just like completely like fall in love with your topic too. And they'll just be like, Oh my gosh, you hear my resources, take this and run. <laughs> it's, it's very, I, I absolutely love it. But um, I'm also looking to like, as I go through this, I really want to stay in conversation with them and start talking about like other historical ideas that we can like discuss. And mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll actually write a paper on them, but there's there's so many other historical instances of imperialism and colonialism mm-hmm. which have these these amazing ideas mm-hmm. which are just like waiting to be found. So, right. And so what is the plan after that? That do you have like, you know, after Fortes, once it's in your rearview mirror, then what? Oh, you haven't thought that far out yet. Well, I'm actually I originally came into Fort Hayes really wanting to be an environmental 
lawyer. However, mm-hmm. like as I've gone through the historical research process, I mm-hmm. found out like how fun it is. Like I, I actually love looking into all these topics. There's so many resources out there now with like modern technology. Mm-hmm. So there's so many ways to get in contact with these like previous thinkings. Mm-hmm. And so I'm honestly looking into maybe graduate school with history and maybe becoming a history professor. Wow. Awesome. Well, Drew, thank you very much. That was a very um, lively conversation about a very interesting topic that both you and I really have worked on quite a bit. Um, so for our listeners, thank you so much for joining us um, uh, today on this podcast. If you want to know more about the podcast, you can visit us at victorehistory.com where you'll find more information and you will be able to listen to past podcasts. If you're interested to find out more about the history program here at Fort Hayes, um, look us up online. And if you have any questions, feel free to send us an email. Thank you so much for joining us today.